Good morning. Thanks for coming to church on this New Year's Eve day. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We, we can actually stop now. Between the music and the baptisms, we could wrap it up and go home. Nah, let's just go a little bit longer, shall we? Thanks for being here. I am grateful to be here. If we haven't met, my name is Mark Edwards. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's my privilege to share with you today. Pastor Jesse Bradley, our senior pastor, our lead pastor, is taking some time off, a little rest over the holidays with family in town. He's earned it, and he deserves it. And so I'm, I'm glad and privileged to be able to step in for him and give him a little bit of time away. So as you heard about our, our prayer and fasting time coming up, that this is a great time of year for us. Uh, a lot of discovery I think in our lives personally, for a church, this is a great opportunity to enter in together a time of sacrifice, a time of focus, and a time of seeking the Lord together. Finally, uh, before we open in prayer, just wanna share with you, I don't know if you notice when you come in towards the worship center to the right, my left, there's a wall there that has our Invest in Tomorrow projects and also an update on our giving. You may have received an email from us uh, just thanking you for your support. God has blessed Grace Community Church in so many ways. Keep an eye on that because right now we are a little bit behind. Our year starts uh, September 1, our fiscal year, and at this point we're a little bit behind the curve in terms of our giving. Uh, we took a, the elders, the leadership took a big step of faith in what's coming, following the Lord's leading, and, and really stepping up on some things. And financially, we're just a little bit behind. So if anything you could prayerfully consider would be grateful and helpful. Uh, we know that God's got a plan for us in 2024 in all areas, but we wanna, we wanna highlight that with you uh, this morning. I, uh, in between services, had a triple mocha. That's a triple shot mocha. I was gonna say this is gonna be a service where we go kind of slow. I think slow left me at the first service. So I'll try to keep it down, but I'm a little round up, wound up this morning. So you will have to keep up. Uh, we'll do our best. Let's pray and ask the Lord just to bring us all together here. Father, thank you so much for today. We're so grateful. We can celebrate you in singing. We can worship you in baptism. We can break into the word and discover and be reminded again of how much you gave for us, each of us, for the world. Father, thank you for this time as we, we jump into scripture, as we seek you, as we move, get ready to move into 2024. We pray that this time together would be life-changing. Father, thank you that you are the giver of all good things. Your son, the greatest gift of all. We love you, we thank you, we commit this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna be in uh, John chapter 12. We're gonna start in John chapter 11. We're gonna jump over to Romans chapter six. And Lord willing, if we have time, we'll end up in Matthew chapter 11. So you just, there we go. Caffeine's already working. There we are. That's where we're going to start. So if you want to turn to John chapter 12, we are going to talk today and, and, and focus in on the sacrifice and the greater reward that God has for us. John chapter 12. Now, before we read that, we're going to be in John chapter 11. We're going to read a passage there in a moment. <clears throat> but I want to kind of set the tone for a message that um, as normal, God speaks into my life in terms of application for me. And, and I start scratching my head literally and going, man, what did, God, what did you mean? What do you mean with this passage? And it was in John chapter 12. And uh, I had some people a long time ago remind me and guide me in my discipleship process that it's not just about the portion that you're focused on. Sometimes it really is important to go back and read scripture leading up to it and maybe even reading scripture after it. 
to get the full picture. So we're gonna go before the passage that we wanna focus on. We're gonna go back to John chapter 11. <clears throat> and I wanna invite you into this moment together. And what I say is I, I wanna challenge you and invite you in to being a part of this passage that we're gonna read as if you were there. We're gonna read a portion of that event in history where Jesus and only Jesus could do this. He called a dead man out of the grave, his friend Lazarus. <clears throat> I mean, he brought somebody back to life. With witnesses there, four days later after he'd been buried, he calls him out of the tomb, right out of the cave. And I want you to imagine that you're part of that group. Like you didn't expect this. You didn't know this was coming. You just were hanging out in Bethany. You were hanging out with Mary and Martha and the family and you were actually there to support them or maybe you lived there in Bethany and you're just coming around this family that lost a loved one. You're there to support. You didn't see it coming. I want your heart to just be there for just this short amount of time. Let's start there. Are you with me? Think about this now. Jesus comes into town. He's got a reputation already. He's coming to pay, you know, most people are probably thinking, we're probably thinking he's coming there to pay his respects and to encourage the family. And he does something that only he can do. He reminds Mary and Martha that he's got a purpose and a plan for being there and it's never too late. We're gonna read passages of scripture. We're gonna, we're gonna the Holy Spirit's gonna lead you in thought. And I'm confident there's gonna be some little nugget today before we read some little thing that's gonna draw you a little bit nearer to Jesus today. That's my prayer. It won't be from the words that I share, it'll be from God's word, my prayer, that will speak into your life today. John chapter 11, he comes to town, he talks to the sisters, he says, take me to the tomb. Starting with verse 38, John chapter 11. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is going to be, there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Jesus then said, did I not tell you that I, that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that's you, that they may believe that you sent me, that's us. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth wrapped around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. <laughs> let him go. What was one, a man who was dead is now alive. And you and I were there. Why? Well, because we're blessed with this. That's why. But hopefully in your mind and in your heart, you just got a little bit of deeper into that moment of thinking about what an amazing, unexpected event just took place and I got to witness it. The people there must have been blown away by the opportunity to see something more than they could have ever imagined beyond what they'd heard about Jesus. They got to witness it firsthand. And that brings me to my first point, that God may create something unexpected to get your attention. 
How many times have you and I dealt with something unexpected, stepped into an event and a moment, a thought, a relationship that we totally didn't expect, that God had planned far ahead of that moment? Far ahead. We didn't expect it. It came and surprised us, and it got our attention. I can only imagine what those people must have been thinking as they watched this man walk, hop, however he came out of that tomb, they were blown away, blown away. And this wasn't gonna be long before Jesus entered into Jerusalem for the very last time prior to his death. They celebrated his entrance into Jerusalem for the Passover, they celebrated it. And yet there was this leaking that happened, if you read in scripture. This event was with raising Lazarus from the dead just leaked out all the way into Jerusalem. Like all of us, if we were there, we'd be out there going, can you believe it? I don't know if you heard. We were over in Bethany and Jesus, you know that guy that we keep hearing about? He raised a man from the dead. No, he wasn't just sick, he was dead. He wasn't just dead, he was buried. He'd been there four days. Like it just began to spread through Jerusalem. Why do I know that? Because scripture tells us that. Tells us that the people that were there just kind of leaked and followed Jesus into Jerusalem. The crowd just followed him in. They couldn't believe it. I mean, when Jesus changes a life, oh, if you'd heard the other testimony at nine o'clock, go back and watch it on video. When Jesus changes a life, it gets our attention. Why? For most of us, maybe all of us, but at least most of us, we remember when Jesus changed our lives. We were dead in sin and Jesus died and our acceptance of him, his resurrection, believing in him brought new life to us. The old life is gone. We're done. No, we're not done. John chapter 12, the story continues. This isn't the part that caught my attention, but I gotta lead you up to it. 12 verse 17. Now keep in mind, these miracles had been happening. People were being healed. Lives were being changed. I mean, everything from demons being called out of people to sickness being eliminated, all kinds of exciting, life-changing, blowing your mind kind of events were happening because that's who Jesus is and that's what he did. And so here we are at verse 17. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word, that's you. Many people, because they had heard that he had given this miraculous sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, these religious group, I'll tell you, they said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. We're trying to eliminate this guy and look at what he keeps doing. It's getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. It's like it was everywhere. It felt like the whole world was responding to Jesus. Oh, what day that would be, amen? When the whole world responds to Jesus Christ, that day's coming, that day's later. I don't know, could be today, but it's coming. We go, I gotta, I'm yelling, it's that caffeine. <laughs> this continued on. The Greeks then, there were Greeks, verse 20. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee with a request, sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. This is what got me. This is the part that gets me. Now, in our, our understanding of who we are in our flesh, our flawed people that we are, 
When that kind of attention comes our way, we have a tendency at times, some of us, okay, maybe it's just me, but some of us, we tend to lean into that opportunity. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did that. Jesus didn't do that. Here's what Jesus did. Jesus replied, verse 23, on the screen, chapter 12. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Jesus is the example for how we're to live. Jesus is about to set the tone. He's about to be the atonement. He's about to be the sacrifice. He continues to speak and live in a certain way that says, this is who I am. This is what I can do for you. And I'm about to do it. And when I read this passage, and it's, I believe, I, I looked for it in the other gospels, it wasn't there. I don't know why this stopped me in my tracks, but it kind of brought a deeper meaning for me of sacrifice. To literally have to die to bring new life. Today is all about a great sacrifice for a greater reward. It's all about life over death. It's all about sacrifice and honor. It's all those kind of polar opposite words that all come together in the life of Jesus. He sacrifices his life. He's going to die to bring life. We cannot and should not ever take that lightly. It's the reason you're here, right? If it's not the reason you're here, it's because you were invited here. And I just want you to say, this is a good place. If you don't know Jesus, you're gonna have an opportunity to find him today, to know him personally. This is a place where we come to worship the one who gave up his life. And the reality for you and I is, is there's a sacrifice that Jesus made. He sacrificed his life for your sins. He sacrificed his life for the sins of, you, of mine, of yours, and of the world. And if there's one thing we should camp on and rest in leading into 2024 and focus on, this last day, this is the last day of the year. There's no other 2023 after today. One, two, three, one, two, three. I read that somewhere. 1231, one, two, three, one, two, three. Tomorrow starts a new year. And if there's one place we should spend a few minutes on, it's the reality and the worship moment of going, God, you sent your son to die for my sins, for the sins of the world. The sacrifice was made and the price was paid and I'm the beneficiary and so are you. We are the beneficiaries of that sacrifice, this gift that we can receive. We can't gloss it over. We can't put it aside. It's reality in a world where the world stops for Christmas, stops for Easter, recognizes even our calendar is set on the life and death of Jesus, it's set in motion, we can't be ignored. So why should we ignore it on the last day of the year? I say we dig a little deeper. We dig a little deeper. The sacrifice that Jesus made, he sacrificed his life. Romans chapter six, you can go there. Or if you don't want to, it'll be on the screen. But I like going to the word and reading it myself. Romans chapter six, verse 22. 
and 23. Now I get it. I get that this is so simple and so big, so foundational and so important, so talked about and celebrated, but how can we not? It's the greatest moment, the greatest activity, the greatest expression of love that we could ever be on the receiving end of is Jesus dying for our sin, sacrificing his life, understanding that he had to willingly do that. He willingly gave up his life for you and for me, for the sins of the world. Romans chapter six, 22 and 23. But now that you have been set free from sin, how can we sing the way we sing? How should we sing? How should we live? How should we conduct ourselves? It's because we've been freed from our sins. All that junk, all those poor decisions, all those lifestyle issues, all the habits, all the activities, all the broken relationships, all the things where we messed up, we couldn't fix it on our own. We couldn't do at our, on our best day paled in comparison, on our best day, let alone our worst days, this sacrifice. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, congratulations, you and I, we're slaves to God. Did you know that? Sometimes we forget about it. See, this sacrifice piece is a big deal. See, we, we are, we said, they said when they were baptized, we said when we accepted Jesus, in case you forgot, what we were doing was saying, no more about me, all about you. No more. Jesus, it's all about you. And if you're like me, it's easy to forget. It's easy to have my life not reflect that to the degree it should. And if we should get ourselves on track going into 2024, it should be on this. The benefit, I gotta read it all over again. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, oh man, the greatest gift, the greatest reward, your sacrifice, your sacrifice, point four, and your response to Jesus is to obey him. It's about becoming a slave. It's about being obedient to the one who gave up everything for us. He's worthy of it. He's trustworthy. He deserves it. He's earned it. It's the right response for you and I. It's the only response for you and I is to say, Jesus, you're in control. God, I'm now a slave. I am a servant. I relinquish my decision-making for my life to you. It's all about you. I will trust you. Because you gave up your life willingly, sacrificed your life for me. Our focus, our intense gaze, our daily life full of countless decisions, emotions, and attitudes, our choices are to be made through one question and one question only. Jesus, what do you want me to do? I mean, if we step into 2024 with just that, Jesus, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? We're gonna be in a place where God says, well, it's about time. You've been hanging on to whatever 
far too long. Now, here you go. Jesus, what do you want me to do with this? Jesus waits. Oh, you should have heard this, the testimony of the first service too. Pa- just like the second service, patiently waiting, waiting. Jesus waiting. What do you want me to do? There's a bunch of scriptures I'd love to share with you. We don't have time for it. But throughout the gospels, there is documentation, there's recording of Jesus basically saying this. If you want to gain life, you got to lose your life. It's about that. It's simply about that. This is not a mamsy-pamsy, doesn't it feel good to be a Christian message. This is a message that says, we have, there's an expectation on you and I as Christ followers. It's about living for Jesus. Not just in attitude, not just in heart, but combined to live it out. Like it's not, no longer about me. It's about Jesus putting you first. Passages, well, I'll read one of them that just really sums it up. Matthew 16, 24 through 27. Matthew 16, 24 through 27. Then Jesus said to his disciples, that's you. Well, it's them there, but all of us are Christ followers. If we know Jesus, we're disciples. If anyone would come after me, he must, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the son of man is going to come in his father's glory with his angels and then he will reward each person according to what he's done. It's about putting him first. It's about us responding in a sacrificial way to the sacrifice he made for us. 2024 is coming. It's, it's right there, literally. It's right there. This is the last day of 2023. What will you and I choose to make 2024 about? I say we should make it about putting Jesus first. I'm not saying we haven't in 2023. I just know, personally, just be personal about it. Don't wanna put anybody on the spot. I just know already when I read this verse in John 12 about three or four weeks ago, I knew there was parts of my life that I needed to, that needed to die. Because as soon as it would die, I knew that God would respond with new life in that area of my life. Some of you are holding on to something or someone or some attitude or some value that just has, is more important. It's become more important than Jesus. More important Number five, the reward that you receive that is greater than any other because we put Jesus first, because we have a relationship with him, in case you've forgotten, is that we have eternal life. It's the greater reward. It's the greatest reward. When this life is over, it's the only hope we have and confidence we have that there's more to come. It's an eternity. There are some in this room that have lost loved ones and the only thing they can hold on to is that they know that the grief they feel now is nothing compared to the joy they're gonna have for eternity when they're reconnected to those that they love. This life is all temporary. As good as it can get, it pales in comparison to how good it's gonna be. So for the sake of time, and I'm really doing good, that caffeine, I'm gonna do this again with the caffeine. (laughs) You know, around here, you, you see it when you walk in Daily Grace, we talk about how important it is for us to abide and respond in Jesus. Today's message is all about abiding and responding. It's all about 
abiding in that relationship with Christ that he talks, Jesus talks about and, and the word says all the time. And in case I didn't mention it before, my friends, my family, if we don't pull this bad boy up off the shelf or out from under the drawer or from the bookcase or from the backseat of our car or however we read it and where we've left it, if we don't pull this out and, and get in it on a regular basis, there's absolutely no way that your life is gonna reflect truly what it means to put Jesus first. I am so grateful for God's word. If we, what would we do without this? I mean, come on. We'd be all over the place in emotions in our lives. We'd be all over the place. This is the greatest gift second to Jesus we could ever have gotten because it never changes. I am so grateful for God's word. So grateful. It helps me, it helps us respond and live a life where Jesus is first. That's what this year ahead needs to be for you and for me. Just kick it up a notch. Wherever you've been, let's go a little deeper. Let's walk into prayer and fasting with an intensity and intentionality that goes, God, what do you want? Jesus, I wanna put you first. What do you want me to do in 2024? Let me kind of wrap it up this way. There's a gift over here on the table. Now, you and I... Let's just be honest. How many of you got what you wanted for Christmas? That's a lot more than the first service. There's still a lot of you that did not get what you wanted for Christmas. This is not that gift. It represents the greatest gift. There's, there's someone either watching online or in this room that has never opened this gift. They're gonna go another year celebrating Christmas and leave, and they've left this gift under their tree. Figuratively, Jesus needs to be unwrapped in your life. Jesus needs to be part of your life. I mean, 40 years ago, a movie came out. I remember it. That tells you how old I am. 59, okay? I'm 59. Okay, 59. In 80, I think it was 83, a movie came out called A Christmas Story. Now, say what you will about the movie. It's a pretty funny, funny movie. It's got its moments. But the moment I love in this movie is when Ralphie is done opening gifts and dad reminds him, wait, 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 wait. I think there's one more behind the tree. And, it, and we know what it is, right? We know it's, it's the Red Ryder BB gun. We know that. If you haven't seen the movie, you'll, you'll, you'll catch on. But the part I like about it is how excited dad is as Ralphie's opening up the gift. He's so excited about opening the gift. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never opened that gift that's Jesus who died on a cross for you, who gave his life for you, so that you could have the greater reward of eternal life. If you've never opened that gift and received him, don't, don't go into 2024 without him. Because God's waiting. He's like, oh, I hope this is the year. Oh, he's, he, he's gonna open it. Come watch, she's gonna open it. She's gonna open it. I just picture, I picture the best I can that here's God going, yes. So maybe you're there, maybe you're there. You know, before you step into 2024, open the gift. Open the gift. Open the gift. For most of us here, we're staring at 
that. And you know, in case you never knew, all you gotta do is look up in here. There's a beautiful cross right up there. Where'd it go? Yep, there it is, right above me. There's a sacrifice that we need to make, I believe, some of us going into 2024. I've made mine, but I'm doing it again today. I realize that there is something that has to be taken and set before him. That cross represents new life, his death for our new life. The amazing, unbelievable atonement for our sins represented in Jesus Christ dying. We're nothing without him. We're filthy rags. We couldn't get to heaven on our own on our best day. It won't happen. We're loved so much and we're so sinful all at the same time. And God said, I'll fix it. I'll send Jesus. And so when he sacrificed, I'm reminded how important it is for me to come to the cross and here and in here and say, yeah, here, I know this is God. Here you go. Here you go. I've messed up. I need to repent. Have you ever heard the word repentance? Repent? It's a big deal. Because the only way we can be in a position of being a slave to Christ and dying to self and that new life that brings holiness is by repenting. I know some of us don't like to hear that word, but we have to if we're gonna get to where we need to go. So we repent. I remember I came to know Jesus February 29th in 1980. I'll never forget it. Never forget it. I was two years old. No, I was 15 years old. Never forget it. And from that day forward, there have been moments over time leading all the way up to 2023 when I've had to go before the Lord and remind myself that he died for my sins and for some reason, I've allowed something or someone or some habit or some habitual activity, something has got in the way and got above Jesus. And I need to take that and sacrifice it and die to it. It happened when I went to, to teen camp as a high schooler. We've got 70 middle schoolers going to camp this month. Praise the Lord, 70 going to camp this month in two weeks. It happened when I went to men's retreat. It happened when I went on a missions trip. You talk about being surprised. Like I'm going on a missions trip to serve others and man, I got smacked around by the Holy Spirit. Like, see, got my attention. I wasn't expecting it. There have been times in my life and yours where Jesus shows up and he reminds us of stuff that we need to repent from. Today, I am confident that before we step into 2024 and embrace all that God has for us, we need to first go to the cross and say, Jesus, here you go, one more time. It's our, it's our responsibility. It's the expectation that God has for us. It's not a suggestion. Nowhere in scripture does Jesus say, when you feel like it, deny yourself. He doesn't say it that way. He says, you must. But here's what goes along with the must. I'm gonna read this because I got time and I didn't last service. Matthew chapter 11. I got there, Austin, see? I'm, I'm doing it today. This service, I got her. Here's the cool thing, Matthew 11. Here is the amazing, mind-blowing, doesn't make sense in my own thinking attitude. This is what Jesus says. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Are you tired? Has Christmas worn you out? Has life worn you out? Has activities and trying to navigate and balance the secret life with the public life? Oh, did I just say that out loud? 
the habits that nobody knows, the attitudes that are internal that you do your best to keep away, like all that burden, all that energy, all that stuff, if you'll just bring it to the cross, he'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The enemy would want you to think that the burden is heavy. The yoke is, would strangle you, the yoke of Jesus. It won't. I'm here to remind you today, I am confident because scripture tells us, not because of my own strength and mind, but because the word tells us there is rest in Christ. There is rest and energy and holiness and excitement and purpose for life in laying it at Jesus' feet and taking on this this lifestyle of being a slave, of being a servant, of putting Jesus first. That's what we need to do in 2024. Hand off the stuff, the sin, which you're gonna have a chance to do here in a moment, and put Jesus first for the new year. 2024, can you believe it? 2024! Some of you haven't opened the gift. Think about this. And if, if you're not here, if you're here and you've opened the gift, right? You know somebody that needs to open it. Pray for them as we close. As the band comes up, I wanna wrap this up with this. And you're listening to this song. Consider these things. First, thank God for the eternal life you have with him. Just thank him. They stood last, last service, but I'm gonna ask you to, to, to stay seated and close your eyes or just get rid of distraction, put the phone down, whatever it's gonna take, and just think about the words of this song or think about the words of the song you sang earlier because those were powerful too. And celebrate the eternal life that you have in Christ. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, here's how it works. You say something simple like this, God, I'm sorry, I've made mistakes. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You died on a cross for my sins and I accept you into my life. I believe in who you are and I receive you as Lord and Savior. You died and you came back to life and I have eternal life because I have a relationship with you. Thank you. It's just that simple, in your own words. But while you're hearing this song, maybe that's not you. Maybe you know the Lord. You've known him for a long time. But again, you've got this hurt. You've got this habit. You've got this relational breakdown with someone. You've got an attitude. You've got a flaw. Like maybe you haven't, maybe it's been, maybe it's been months since you've really taken the time to take a passage of scripture and read it and ponder it and think about it and meditate on it and go, God, what must have that been like? Like, do you really really say that there's holiness in following you?